0: Rabbi Yemen Tavori will discuss the personality, the tzaddik of the week, the yard for the coming week, Rav Yisrael Gustman. Rav Tavori, please. This week we will discuss the life of one of the great Rosh Yeshiva of our last generation, someone whom I had the privilege to hear and meet, Rav Yisrael Zev Gustman. Rav Gustman was, as a young fellow, a student in the yeshiva of Reb in Grodna. He became very close to Reb and was also taught there by Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, who was only a few years older than he, and there he met people who later became great Russian Yeshiva in other places as well. As a young man, Reb Guzman was approached for a shidduch, by one of the great Rabbanim of We have to remember that in those days, the way Shidduchim were proposed was a big Talmud Chacham would come to look for a Shidduch for his daughter, and he would look for a, a promising Talmud, a promising young man who would grow into being a Talmud Chacham, and uh, the proper arrangements would be made for the Shidduch. Included in these arrangements, generally there was a Bechina given to the, stu, to the prospective Chassan to see if he really was fit, found proper for the daughter of this, uh, whoever it was. In this particular case, apparently the Bechina was even a more severe test. In Vilna at that time, of course, the Rav of Vilna was Rav Chaim Ozer. One of the Rabbanim of Vilna, was Rav Akis, who wrote the Maheshes, And the prospective father-in-law of Rav Gusman was also one of the great Rabbanim. His name was Rav Basan, who was one of the great Rabbanim of Vilna. It was somehow understood that whoever marries the daughter of this Rav Basan would eventually take the, his place in the Bezdin of Vilna. These uh, appointments went through family Yerusha, the uh, fathers, sons, sons sons-in-law took over the positions of their relatives, and therefore it was almost understood that this Shidduch would not just be a question of who marries the daughter, but be a question of eventually who will become a member of the Bezdin of Vilna. Therefore, this Bechina was administered not only by the prospective father-in-law, but Reb Chaim himself, the great Reb Chaim who was considered the Rav of Vilna, was considered one of the major poskim of that generation, if not the major posicum of the time. Reb Chaim himself administered the Bechina. And the story, of course, had a partially happy ending. Rav Guzman was appointed as well, first he was chosen to be the, the chassan of Rav Basan, but then an unfortunate thing happened. Rav Basan passed away even before the chassan. So here we have Rav Gusman, who was chosen to be the son-in-law of Rav Basan, who understood that automatically, eventually he'll become the Dayan, or one of the Dayanim in the Besden of, of Vilna. And right away, at a very young age, I think something that was unheard of in that, in those countries at that time, Rav Gusman was appointed to be a member of the Bezdin of Rav Chaim Ezer. As a member of the Bezdin, he was allotted Sheilot during the week. Rav Chaim Ezer would get tons and tons of Sheilot. And what he would do is he would assign the Sheilot to different people. And like he would get a, a pile of, let's say, a hundred envelopes, and he would just pass them around, you get one, you get one, you get one, you get one. So Rav Gusman once told a story that very early in his dealings with this Besden, he saw that his letter in his pile, there was a letter from the Gera Rebbe. Now, very often a Shaila was asked by a Balabasu at a Syria Shaila, but this Shaila was asked by the Ger Rebbe, a Tamit Chacham in his own right. So Rav Gusman felt that it wouldn't be appropriate for him to answer this Shaila. So he sort of picked it up and put it in the pile that Reb Chaim Ozer himself should answer. And Reb Chaim Ozer said, no, what's in your pile is in your pile. We divide it by lot, we just gave out the shailot. You have the, the shaila, even of the gareba or wherever it could be, that's your responsibility to answer. Of course, Reb Chaim Ozer himself approved the, the tshuvot that were written, but nevertheless, we see the accord that Reb Chaim Ozer paid to Rav Guzman, and we see the fact that Lemaseh, he was a Dayan at a very, very young age, perhaps about 19 or 20 years old, a Dayan in the Besden of Vilna. Rav Guzman once said in America that he has no inclination at all, no desire at all for Kavo. He was one of the most sonua one of the most modest Rashi Yeshiva in America, although everybody knew that he was an Adam Gadol, everybody knew that he was a great Hamad and his Svarim, Kunturasei shiurim, merely proved that he was an original thinker, one of the most original thinkers of the Rashi Yeshiva of that generation. Nevertheless, he eschewed the limelight and was not found in in the mainstream of the Rashi Yeshiva of that time. So he told the story why kavod means nothing to him. He said at the one of the Knesset gedolos, one of those great meetings where all the great rabbanim of Europe got, came together. So, the day is that the day is they sat the greatest gedolim of the time. I just guess who they were, but I would assume that I know Reb Chaim Ezer and the Chafetz Chaim were sitting at the dayis. I assume Reb Chaim and many other gedolim were also at the Dais of. The Knessi Gadola, which is a room filled with people, Rav Gusman mentioned that when he was a young fellow, he walked into the room, uh, kind of late. You know, he wasn't one of the one of the people that would sit in the dais. He wasn't considered one of the leaders of the of the of world jury at that time, so he somehow walked in a little bit late and sat in the back. Rav Chaim weiser and the Chavetz Chaim saw him, so they stood up. For the cover of Rav Guzman, at a young, as, as a young man, they saw a young Tamid Chacham walk in the room, they stood up. Of course you can understand, if the Chavetz Chaim and Rav Chaim stood up, the whole the whole Knesset G'dalla stood up. Rav Guzman said, once the whole Knesset G'dalla stood up to him, including Rav Chaim and the Chavetz Chaim, no Kavot after that has any meaning whatsoever. That is the epitome of Kavot. And now, the, his whole life, cover meant nothing to him. It was apparently destined that Rav Gusman would take the place of Rav Chaim Eisr. esim eventually, and he would become the posek, the Rav of Vilna. Unfortunately, of course, the Holocaust took place, and Rav Gusman's life, although he had already been a dayan, he already had started yeshiva, he was already known as a Maggachir, in different places, his life became, as you can imagine, one of utter hell. He ran from one place to another. His family was destroyed. He saw his family being destroyed. He ran to the forests. He lived with the partisans. He said that more than a hundred times, he said, vidui the final confession, because he thought his end was near. One time, all the Jews were lined up and were shot, and he fell and somehow crawled away. He wasn't shot. And he saw everybody else being buried, and yet he crawled into the forest. And he survived. And how he survived, meeting Rev Herzog and meeting other Godolim and somehow escaping, is a story by itself. But he finally wound up in America. And His became a maggid shir in America, but his dream was to reestablish the yeshiva that he had built in Europe. The yeshiva of Netzach Yisrael of Ramaylis, was to be rebuilt in America, and indeed he did so. But although everybody knew that Rav Gusman was a a first-rate rashi shiva, a great maggid shir. Somehow that yeshiva never took off. Somehow his life, he was destined to be recognized and known as a gadol, but his yeshiva somehow did not su- succeed. It had few students, It did not attain a major place in the world of American yeshivas. His dream then was to move to Eretz Israel and start his yeshiva in Eretz Israel. And later on in his years, he indeed did so, came on Aliyah, before 1973, and built his yeshiva in Rechavia, the yeshiva Netzach Yisrael of Ramilas. Life in Eretz Yisrael for him was the epitome of his dreams. Stories tell of his love for Eretz Yisrael, and his love was so great that he seemed to have overlooked other issues which bothered many people. His son-in-law published some of the Svarim, Kunturisei posthumously. The Svarim that were printed while he was alive, the Svarim on Bavametsiya, on Bav Akame, and Kedushin are classics in the world of Yeshiva literature. The Svarim that were printed posthumously, I think are you can tell the difference between the original Svarim and the latest Svarim, but his son-in-law, Rav Berniker, was the one who, although he, he underwent a lot of trial and tribulation in printing the Svarim, apparently many of the tapes, many of the works of Rav Guzman were stolen. He even had his talismans tefillin stolen. But nevertheless, Rav Berniker persisted and published the Svarim, But he tells stories there about Rav Gusman's attitude toward Eretz Yisrael. He once went to a parade. When there was a parade, to see people marching. And people said to him, why would you go and see this? Perhaps it's not the height of Snias. Perhaps people were not dressed appropriately. Perhaps there were other issues that could bother Rashi Yeshiva, could bother Tamalich HaChemim, could bother Bnei Torah, to see at this particular parade, at the crowd. And Rav Gusman's response was, you know, to see children playing in the streets of Yerushalayim, to see what we call today the Tanakh coming alive, Od Na'arim Na'arot was a privilege that he felt so much that he was oblivious to other things. Legends are told how Rav Gusman used to go to be Menachim Ovel in cases where children were killed in terrorist activity. And he said that he used to come to these people and tell them his own trials, his own tribulations, people he had never met before. But somehow he identified with the people in Eretz Israel, explained how he, in his life, had undergone such trials. And he said his emuna. And his kiyum mitzvos became even strengthened after the Holocaust. His love for Israel was exemplified to me personally when one summer we had the privilege of hosting him in Alon Shvut of Gush Etzion. One summer he and his entire family rented houses in Gush Etzion, in Alon Shvut and came here to spend the summer. So, we all saw him daven, we all saw him learn but somehow... I at least was rather hesitant in approaching him. One day I was walking in the street and I just bumped into him and he started talking to me. We didn't really know each other. Later I introduced myself. We talked a little bit. But right away he told me a Chiddush that he just thought of in Alon Shvut, And he said to me, Baruch Hashem in the tzchus of the people of Alon Shvut," And he meant the people... That he saw as the day-to-day people, the people that worked and built Eretz Israel, he wasn't referring to the great Talmi Chachamim who today live in Alon He was referring to what we call Amcha, the regular people that live in Alon Anshvat. He said, "In the S'chus of the people here, in their S'chus, I was zolcha to be mechadesh a little bit, a little bit more than I ever said before, and I'd like to share that that idea with you." When he said a shir, he had a special, unique style of yeshiva talk which I particularly enjoyed I once attended a shir with him Rav Bik and I went together to hear a shir and at the end he tried to answer a kash of Rav Vegar. Eger Rav asked the question left no answer, at the end he said V'ashem v'tzarech gadol V'ashem this uh, question requires great analysis HaKadosh Baruch Hu should somehow show me the, the right path so Rav Gusman said, How dare I answer Akasha Rebeki Vegar? Who do I think I am? Rebeki Veger asked the question, didn't know an answer, and I and I uh, should try to answer it. So he said, but all I did was I followed the advice of Rebeki Veger. Rebeki Vegar said Vitsarakin Gadol.' Rebeki said that we require now a lot of analysis. So I sat and I analyzed it thoroughly, as thoroughly as I can poss- possibly do. And Rebbe Kivayger answered, ene, Hakadosh Baruch Hu should open my eyes, should show me the light." And Baruch Hashem, Hakadosh Baruch Hu showed me the light. So the answer that I'm suggesting is based on Rebbe Kivayger's advice. So therefore, don't think it's presumptuous to argue with Rebbe Kivayger. This was Rev Guzman's style. The Sefer of Kuntrosay shows time and time after again how he deals with Gedolei Israel with tremendous yiras with tremendous honor and respect, but he always feels that with the great effort that he put into it, and with his z'chus of other people who helped him to be mechadesh, Hashem he'ir HaKadosh Baruch showed him the light, we should all be to learn his Torah, that we also should have Vashem ya'ir should light up our eyes to understand more of Torah. You've been listening to Rav Tavori discussing Rav Gustman, Rav Sora Gustman, Zechat Sabebe Kadosh Le whose outside falls in the coming week.